Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Samuel chapter 16, starting in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Jump to verse 4. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6. So it was when they came, he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What's interesting is Eliab is being rejected like Saul. We'll continue in verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. So what's happening? Well, I believe the Lord is looking at the heart. The Lord said to Samuel, Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. David was anointed, Saul was rejected, and Eliab was rejected. Why? So let's look at why was Saul rejected. We'll have to back up to 1 Samuel chapter 15, and we'll start in verse 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me, and he has not performed my commandments. Jump to verse 13. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandments of the Lord. Jump to verse 19. Samuel speaking. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Verse 20. And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Verse 22, so Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as the iniquity of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Why did God reject Saul from being a leader of his people? Well, we can see it right here. First, Saul rejected the word of the Lord. And second, Saul feared the people more than the commandment of God. 
and the Lord was liking it to rebellion. God has been dealing with this attitude all the way back to the garden when they rebelled and partook of the tree which they were not supposed to partake of. It really was a form of rebellion. God had spoken to them not to eat of that tree, and they went ahead and did it anyway. Saul is now being rejected as a leader of his people. Why? Because he didn't honor and value the word of the Lord. And people, he was more focused on people. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus speaking said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And in the same chapter, verse 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. See, in Saul's eyes, Proverbs 16, 2 says, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Or in other ways, the Lord looks at the heart. See, Saul knew he wasn't obeying the commandment of the Lord, but he was holding up a religious facade. And finally, Samuel continued to address it and speak to him. And finally, he confessed, okay, yes, yes, I did. I did not obey the voice of the Lord. To be a leader of God's people, well, you have to obey his voice. I mean, people are important, but the the word of God and obedient to his word obviously take precedent. There's a second reason why Saul was rejected, and I think we should take a look at it. It's for, found in 1 Samuel chapter 13. And this story is where the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel, and they waited for Samuel, who was the priest, to come and offer the burnt offerings, which only the priest could do, never a king. So we're going to touch down in the story in 1 Samuel 13, verse 9. Saul said, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering to me, and he offered the burnt offerings. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. Verse 11, and Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Mishmash, then I said, the Philistines will not come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept the word of the Lord commanded to you. The interesting thing in this story is that it's people-focused again. See, he's not restraining the people. He's not restraining himself. He knows he's supposed to wait for Samuel to, to come offer the sacrifices. He knows he can't, he's not supposed to do it. But, well, he went ahead and he said, I felt compelled. He was people-focused. They were scattering from him. And, of course, Samuel says, you know, you've acted foolishly. Really, we can liken this to, you know, Paul addressed Timothy. He was talking about a form of godliness. See, we, we can we can act out r- rituals like what Saul was doing here. He was performing this burnt sacrifice, but he was completely out of order. You know, he it wasn't God's will that he did it. And somehow he's thinking he can just go ahead and do it, and God's going to give them victory over the Philistines. That is, in my opinion, is presumption. See, Saul really his heart was after people more than it was after the Lord. 
You know, David was accepted and anointed. Why? Well, God was looking at the heart. Earlier in Samuel, it says that God did give Saul a new heart, but I think he just continued, resisted the Holy Spirit. He's resisting the priest. He's resisting the Lord and his commandments. Okay, why was Eliab rejected? Well, let's take a look in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is where Goliath is on the scene. And we're going to touch down in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. And David spoke to the men who stood by, What shall be done for the man who kills Goliath, this Philistine, and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when David spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why do you come down here, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. David said to him, Well, what have I done now? See, David was moving in believing faith. Eliab incorrectly interpreted what David was trying to accomplish. Eliab's heart was not right towards his younger brother. And, the, and Eliab was really not aware of the purpose of God working through David to bring deliverance to Israel. This is, you know, the, the natural man is always persecuting the spiritual. Paul talked about that in Galatians, about the two nations. One son's persecuting the one born after the flesh is persecuting the one born after the spirit. You know, this is something that is working. Those who are spiritual and trying to fulfill God's purpose by the Holy Spirit, those who don't value the Holy Spirit, those who don't like Saul, Saul, you know, he really didn't care. I mean, Saul never had a burden to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem when he was king. See, that didn't happen until David became king. Why? Because he valued the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Eliab, you know, he was envious. He was jealous of his brother. You know, when Saul went to anoint, called them to the feast and he passed over Eliab. I'm sure Eliab felt, look, I'm the oldest. I'm deserving. You should have anointed me. And, you know, my brother stole the anointing. He's even mocking his brother, David, saying, oh, well, you know, you've left those few sheep in the wilderness, meaning just go back. You know, you're down here. You're just trying to scope out the army. You know, you have no business being here. And that's what happens is when you're when you're being led by the Holy Spirit and God is leading you and sending you places, people are going to say, why are you here? You know, they're going to misunderstand and think you're full of pride, you're arrogant, and you're full of yourself. But the reality is David was moving in the Holy Spirit and he was there and God wanted to bring deliverance to the nation of Israel through his actions by killing this uncircumcised Philistine. But the reality is Eliab didn't really care. He was the one, was not moving in faith, didn't really care about his nation. I know that's an assumption on my part, but he's not one that is after the Spirit of God, nor was King Saul. That's why they were rejected. It's not that God is rejecting them in the sense that they're not part of the nation. Saul was rejected as being a leader. But we can see now why Eliab was passed over. God needed a man after his own heart, one that would fulfill his purposes, one that would write the Psalms, see, one that could be a prophetic voice to the nation. I don't think Eliab had the goods to do that. 
and Saul, he could have he could have done that, but he he didn't. He persecuted David. As soon as David, you know, God began to bring him forth. David's being persecuted and ridiculed by his his own family, his own brethren, and now Saul's chasing him around and wanting to kill him. What I'm saying is, when you step into the purposes where it says those who were led by the Spirit, they're the sons of the living God. When you start walking and moving in the Spirit on the on the purposes of God, then the natural those that are carnal, those that are more focused on the earthly things, more focused on people, that's when you're going to be rejected and persecuted and misunderstood, just like David was. Jesus, through his cross, would bring salvation to the world. That's God's will. David, by killing Goliath, was going to bring victory to the nation of Israel at this time. It was God's will. David's moving in God's will. The Lord Jesus is moving in God's will. Jesus did decide, I think I'll come down and just, you know, allow myself to be crucified. It was God's will. So what are you saying, Mark? I'm saying these stories are pointing us to God's will. That's the big picture here. They were being rejected and passed over. Because God has a plan and a purpose that he needs to accomplish through a people, but he's looking for people that are going to cooperate with him and not break out into rebellion. Israel and even Christianity through the histories, you know, his people are always breaking out, resisting him, resisting the Holy Spirit, rebelling against the Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, the Lord said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 22, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Well, what's going on here? See, the Lord's saying he doesn't know them because they weren't doing his will. They were doing their will. See, Saul says, you know, well, I had to force myself. I had to offer the sacrifice. They're doing religious activities. See, these people are prophesying. They're casting out demons. They're using the name of God to fulfill things. But all of this activity is not going through the Lord. The Lord says, I never knew you. That's because they were doing their own will. See, our will will always result in some form of lawlessness, even under the best intentions. That's what the Lord's pointing out. He's saying, you're not working with me. Why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? Of course, the Lord knows everybody. He knows everything. But when he says, I I didn't authorize this. See, when Saul was doing what he was doing with when he was supposed to be killing the Amalekites and this this king, he started on the mission, but he diverted and he started doing his own thing. He didn't restrain himself for the people. And he said, go ahead, take what you want. And he said to Samuel, we're going to offer this these burnt offerings to your God. Well, you know, what attitude is that? Well, isn't it your God also, Saul? You know, don't you want to offer this sacrifice to the Lord? The problem is, is that he did not obey the commandment of the Lord, and now we move into a form of godliness, but we're denying the power, the power of the Holy Spirit, which is really the authorization of the Lord God himself on what we're doing. In Mark chapter 3, verse 35, whoever does the will of God... This is my brother, my sister, and my mother. 
Romans 8.27, Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Everything that's happening in heaven through the Godhead, it's all about the purpose and the will of Father in heaven. You see, the Lord does not see as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. We have a tendency to look at things outwardly, but the Lord is saying, that's not the way I look at things. So we need to say, Lord, help us to perceive with our eyes what is going on in the Spirit, the reality in our life, that we would check ourselves, make sure, Lord, are we moving in your will? Are we moving in, you know, the will of man? What am I moving in? See, do you know me? Do you, you know, do you authorize what am I, what I'm doing? Am I out prophesying and casting out demons and doing wonders in your name? But if it's not you leading me to do this, if it's not being done by your Holy Spirit, yeah, then it is a form of practicing lawlessness because I'm fulfilling my will and, you know, my good intentions. You know, the best of that is always going to end up in lawlessness. Proverbs 16.1 says, the preparations of the heart belong to man. That means we have to stand guard over our heart. So guard your heart, for out of your heart flows, you know, the issues of life. Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 1, a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Well, you may ask, why am I reading this scripture? Because Satan always wants to break back into our heart. See, our heart, the Lord, see, he's he's look, he doesn't look like man looks. We look on the outside. Today, when when we go to churches, we want a strong, you know, pastor. We want, you know, someone that's presentable. That was Saul. They said Saul was head and shoulders above everybody. And the people wanted Saul. They wanted him as a king. Even when God was bringing victory through David, the, the people still always wanted Saul. Even when Saul had died in battle, they didn't want David. There's a the large consensus of people that wanted another Saul. See, and there's a lot of Sauls out there People are running after. They want their Saul. But in this story here, Satan filled the heart of Ananias so that he would lie and hold back something for himself. See, that's the sin of it. The reality of it is when we start moving with the Lord by the Spirit, there are temptations that will come along that we can seize things for ourselves. Don't think that we're not capable of doing that. That's ultimately what happened to Saul. What was happening here to Ananias, he sees God's moving. He's, this is something that was being birthed in, in the, the New Testament church, and he starts lying. Saul was lying. See, Eliab was lying. Ananias is lying. And we can find ourselves lying against the Holy Spirit, saying, no, we have fulfilled the will of God. But God is looking at our heart, saints. He sees deep inside. He sees the intent and thought of our heart. And what was Ananias holding back? Something for himself. You know, he'd have been better off not even selling the property. Jeremiah says in 17.9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
Matthew 15, 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. But on the other hand, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, God wants our heart, and when we offer him our heart and we allow him to hold it and purify it, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We have the choice. We can go either way. We can become a David. We can become like the Lord Jesus, or we can become like a Saul. We can become like Eliab, who could be envious and jealous of those that are moving in the Spirit. And we can persecute those who are moving in the Spirit. And I believe that many of us who are who are trying to obey and walk with the Lord in the Spirit, we're, we're getting pushback from the carnal, from those that are resisting the Lord. Why? Because they're focused on what's in front of them. Did Saul really believe in God? That, that's a question. Like, how could he, how could he not fulfill the commandment of the Lord? You know, but I think that he he felt that he could do whatever he wanted to do as king, and it really didn't matter. And I think as Christians, we can feel like, well, we're saved by grace, see, through faith, not of works, you know, and, and it's like, you know, so I'm saved, and now we can basically do whatever we want to do, and God's going to authorize it and bless it. And, and these stories, see, they're examples to us in the Bible as to how we should live or how we shouldn't live. These characters... It's not that you know we're going to become become kings of Israel. But no, we're the Lord is saying, look inside these stories, all of them, and see why God did what He did, why God made, why God anointed and blessed, and why He rejected. Because these are written for our examples. David was chosen, and in one of the Psalms that he wrote, one hundred one, verse three, I will set nothing wicked or worthless before my eyes. I hate the works of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. See, that's David. That needs to be us that we're saying, Lord, you know, I don't want any worthless thing. You know, I don't I don't want to be with those that don't value who the Lord is. Yeah, we have to witness and reach out to those who are unsaved. That's important, but what I'm what I'm addressing here today is that the Lord is looking for those that are interested in His will and what He wants to accomplish, and that we're not going to just let any old wicked thing, you know, dwell amongst us. See, the preparation of the heart this belongs to man. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, the question is, where's your treasure? Hopefully, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ is he is the king of the faithful hearts. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you'd like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link of this podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button on the upper right corner. If you don't have a PayPal account, you can still use this link to give using your credit or debit card. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.